Welcome into All Pro Lines, everybody. I am your host, Kostaki Economopoulos. I will be welcoming in a guest today. You may or may not know the very funny Brian Kiley, Emmy Award-winning writer. Uh, he's been on. He wrote for Conan for 27 years. What? How cool is that? Uh, I wish that was my credit. I love that life. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to Brian. Uh, I've been kind of rushing around today. I had a bit of a sick kid. Uh, she's been kind of on and off sick for a few days, but no fever and the school wants you to come unless it's a fever and she didn't sleep very well. Cause she's coughing and we did a COVID test. And she's probably got one of the standard rhino virus kid things that you get so far. None of the grownups have gotten it. That's good news. Um, anyway, that's, I'm just kind of rushing around because of that. She's been a trooper, man. She's, you know, it's hard to be sick. And she's been uh, very patient with some of the stuff. My mom came to visit this weekend. That was awesome. Went to the aquarium in Long Beach. And it was amazing. It was, I like aquariums. And this one was like, mm, really cool. And it was great to see mom. It was great to hang with the girls. And it was great to see mom hang with the girls. Uh, the girls are, uh, we're very excited to see Yaya, grandma. And uh, and vice versa, and it was cool. We try to try to connect with mom more often. What's up, Jerry Oliver? Thanks for coming in. Uh, oh, I see Brian and Brian in the lobby. That's bad news for Brian because there are a lot of Patriots jokes off the top today. <laughs> I, Brian is a lifelong Patriots fan. I'm looking forward to asking him some questions about that and being on Letterman and uh, and writer's strike. We got a bunch of cool stuff to talk about. Um, I, I, I've been a big fan of Brian's for a long time. We'll get him out here in about 10 minutes. Uh, Ewan, welcome. Marge Economopoulos is on the chat. Good. Good to see you guys. appreciate you guys being here. For those of you who don't know, you can watch this live uh, on Facebook Live. Most of you listen to it in your ear holes whenever and whenever the hell you want. And that's fine. If you want to join us uh, live, you can do it on Facebook Live. We try to do uh, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern on Mondays. Uh, a couple quick plugs off the top here. I've got some gigs this weekend. I'm going to South. I don't get to go to the South much to tell jokes. I'm doing Clarksville, Tennessee and Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Those are both uh, Bob and Tom markets. I'm looking forward to those. Uh, another couple of weeks, I'll be headed to Janesville and Oshkosh and Eau Claire in Wisconsin. And a month after that, I'm doing Fargo and Sioux Falls, hopefully before the weather gets crazy. January, I got uh, Ashtabula and Erie. Uh, I'm going to be adding a bunch more dates here soon, so come check me out. Uh, if you get a chance to jump on the Patreon, uh, do that. It's at All Pro Lines. Uh, and if you want to dive into some gambly fun, uh, there's really no better place than our sponsor, uh, Underdog Fantasy. And if you use the code All Pro Lines, uh, they'll match your initial deposit up to 100 bucks. They're especially good for best ball stuff and fantasy-oriented bets. I, I like them for all that. It's great, especially on an island game. You're just watching one game. It's Monday or Thursday or Sunday night or whatever. You have some weird little like $10 action on something. You get to root for a handful of things to happen. That's my personal taste. You can bet less. You can bet way more, whatever you like. 
Um, all right, let's uh, let's do some jokes. The two minute drill. <laughs> My Falcons won. They're just good enough. The Falcons are like the third to the last year of a marriage. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to my birthday month when they score twice. So that'll be that'll be nice. San Francisco beat Dallas so badly the oil prices went down. And essential oil prices went up. So well, that'll happen. Uh, the last two weeks, the Patriots have been outscored by 69 points. Shout out to Rob Gronkowski, who I'm sure is thrilled about that. Uh, no fan base deserves a downswing for their team like Patriots fans. I mean, 15 years they had. Complete domination, terrible division, the best quarterback, the best coach, the best tight end of all time. Now when I see a little kid in a Patriots jersey, it's hard not to run over and scream, It's over! You missed it! One good thing for Belichick this season, no one's going to accuse him of cheating. So that's that's good. <laughs> uh, when the Patriots are losing, the Belichick cutoff hoodie look, it goes quickly from genius to homeless. Right? It's all about context with the look like that. You, make, yeah, you have a bold look, that's it. Does he still count as a genius? Can you imagine if Einstein had this much drop-off at the end? E equals MC Hammer. He's lost it. He's not the same. <laughs> I think it's fun to see Belichick crushed. But now when an old Patriot loses like this, I expect him to claim the election was stolen. That's been that's been my training. Mac Jones got benched in a blowout in that game. Daniel Jones went out with an injury and a blowout loss. It's actually very easy to keep up with the Joneses this season. It's not hard. I feel bad for Bailey Zappi. <laughs> Mac Jones remains the quarterback one. How much does it hurt if you're Bailey Zappi? The starter looks terrible and has led the team to two losses by a total of 69 points. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, he's he's our guy. He's better. He's better than you, Zappi. Broncos wore their snowcap helmets because uh, they had a snowball's chance in hell of winning this game. Those helmets invoked the Elway era. They didn't win like Elway, but they all ended up with a long face. Uh... <laughs> The Colts re-signed their star running back who was maybe not going to play for them ever again, resolved that issue, then lost their star quarterback. In the same, They can't have nice things. That's a bad – this poor guy gets hurt a lot, Anthony Richardson. Oof. He, he's got more maladies than the dude from the Operation board game. Does he have water on the knee? Does he have a sprained bread basket? Stefan Diggs grabbed beers last week from fans and smashed them together as a touchdown celebration. He was fined. It's very specific. $13,659. First of all, is there a table where he has like it's two beers? Not sure if it was consensual grabbing of the beer. And then you go across. It's just how do they get to such a specific number? It turns out it's just the market price for two stadium beers. It's less of a fine and more of a reimbursement. It's, it was unsportsmanlike conduct. That's, I guess that's the closest thing the NFL has to party foul. Can't grab beers and smash them. And All right. 
one last thing here. TikTok star Alex Earl, who I'd never heard of. I just happened to see this article. She revealed that her boyfriend, after much, much excitement and teasing on TikTok, I had no idea this was happening, revealed her boyfriend is Miami wide receiver Braxton Berrios. Berrios briefly sniffed the roster of one of my fantasy teams, Bijan Amopoulos, but uh, we had to cut him after the Dolphins had 70 points one day, and Berrios only had 33 yards. So hopefully he scores more at home. Uh, that's probably enough jokes for now. We have, uh, we have a great guest. Let's, let's get to the guy. Um, I don't know what to tell you about him. He's one of my favorite comics. When I, whenever I see him in a club, I'm like, ah, I get to see Kylie. He's just a great joke writer. Emmy award winning writer. He's been, uh, he wrote for 27 years for Conan O'Brien. He's appeared on Letterman and, uh, Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And he's got a, he's got a hell of a resume, but anyway, he's a good dude and a great comic. Welcome Brian Kylie, everybody. How are you, buddy? Nice to see you. Hey, good to see you, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, funny jokes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. You you should know this was not. I didn't plan. I didn't plan to have you on when the Patriots had catastrophic uh, collapse. This was this was very poorly timed. <laughs> this could be a worse day. I you should know. Uh, weirdly, I had a huge Bengals fan on the day after a catastrophic game for them. I had my brother on last week, and we were both commiserating about how bad the Falcons. It's we've had some weird luck about how this <laughs> has fallen. Uh, not planned. I, I have so many questions for you, but if you don't mind, can we start with your your football history? Sure, you're, sure, sure. You're an awesome kid, right? Yes, yes, yes. So it's funny because. A lot of people only know the Patriots from the last 20 years or so. And they, <laughs> that's right. And they think that's how that's all, it always was. And it's like, no, no, no. You know, when I was a kid, when I was little, they were dismal, just awful. And right. they were also, they would have these hapless things. Actually, so be, before my time, be, when the Patriots had their very first season, their first preseason game, they were the A, they were the AFL, so they were they were trying to promote the American Football League. So they had a game with the Denver Broncos in Nashville. It was a neutral site, just to kind of put the league. What? It was like the league was like on tour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What year is that? Is that sixty years ago? Nineteen sixty. Nineteen sixty. Okay. All right. So it was before I was born. But they they preseason they have a preseason game with the Broncos, and both teams because the game they both show up in their away white uniforms. Both teams, <laughs> both teams are wearing all white. <laughs> <laughs> so kids play. It's like, wait, is that one of our guys? Is that one of their guys? Quarterback's throwing. I'm gonna, you know, it was just. Oh, that's too perfect. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, but you grew up in the. I just, I just happened to. I looked this up. Grogan played 16 years for the Patriots. Yes, and initially he was the backup to Plunkett, and then he oh, was okay. <clears throat> uh, then he was the guy. Uh, you know, he it was the kind of thing of everyone loves the second string quarterback, and whenever Plunkett struggled, people would be chanting, "We want Grogan" and all that kind of stuff. So they finally <laughs> did, and. Uh, and Grogan was pretty good. And, and he actually, he had a record for most rushing touchdowns. He had like, he had like 12 rushing touchdowns in like 14 games. And even though like you think of a rushing quarterback, like, 
you know, Lamar Jackson or Steve Young or something like that. No, he would just do the quarterback sneak and he got 12 touchdowns. But and then they had Tony Eason for a bit, and then that didn't work out, and then they went back to grow. Yeah. 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 Uh, wow. So you grew up in Boston, and everyone around you, were they were Patriots fans. That was your dad, your family, the whole universe around you? <sighs> yes. You know, my dad was one of those angry fans, you know, where, <laughs> you know, I just remember just doing my high school, <laughs> in high school, I'm doing my homework. I kind of, how's the game going? They smell. <laughs> he was so mad about how they were playing that game or whatever. But yeah, they um, they, they were bad. You know, it's funny when they when we, the Patriots finally got to the Super Bowl against the Bears, Super Bowl twenty. We go to my my brother and I go to his friend's house, and his friend is wearing red, white, and blue for the Pats. He went and changed at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how bad the game they were getting such a beating that it was like like suddenly he's like wearing like room and gray or whatever You're like wait a minute what <laughs> i just had a friend of mine describe uh what fans wear to stadiums as costumes so you get put on your costume and go to the game <laughs> yes yes yeah. so true and one of the most famous games do you know about you must know about the snowplow game Yes, of course. Yes. yes. I've seen clips of that for years. It's one of the iconic NFL things. Yeah. Yes. It was 0 0, a snowstorm. The Dolphins and the Patriots, a snowstorm. Neither team could do anything. They were just slipping and falling down, <laughs> punting back and forth. So finally, they come to the end of the game, and the Patriots, they're on like the 30 yard line or something. And there was a timeout. I don't know if it was a TV timeout or the two-minute warning or something, but there's a guy in the sidelines who's got the snow plow and he's plowing the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. And he is a criminal who is on a work release program from the local prison. <laughs> I forgot this part of the story. Yeah. So it's this guy named Mark Henderson, who was a burglar. <laughs> he was he was caught breaking <laughs> people's homes and robbing them. And they <laughs> kind of work release. And I think I think it was Chuck Fairbanks. I could be wrong, but I think it was Chuck Fairbanks was the coach at the time. And he's doing the TV timeout. He said, get out there. And he took the snow plow and he plowed this area right where the kicker was gonna kick the place kick and came up. And so they had this clear <laughs> open space, and Justin kicks it and they win three-nothing. And Don Shula was pissed. He's like, you can't send the snowplow out onto the field or whatever. But in the uh, Patriots Hall of Fame, it's either the New England Hall of Fame, like the Sports Hall of Fame, or the Patriots Hall of Fame. I can't remember where I saw it. But they have the snowplow like dangling from the ceiling. Ah, this is hilarious. That is an iconic beat of of the of the franchise's story. It's great. Oh my god! And one yes. of the other ones was, of course, the uh, the Tuck Rule situation, right? Yes, yes. Um, well, here's the thing about the Tuck Rule: is so Brady gets sacked, he fumbles, the Raiders get it, the Raiders are going to win the game, and they go, "No, this is a rule called the Tuck Rule when the quarterback tucks the ball." And then that that the play is over, and then there's no fumble or whatever. So they set rule no fumble, and then 
they tie the game and then Vinatieri wins it with that amazing kick in the snowstorm, you know, all that. And the Raiders fans are still talking about it. But when I was a kid, the one year the Patriots were good, they made the playoffs and they're beating the Raiders in Oakland. And they stopped them on third down or fourth down, but they call the Patriots player Ray Hamilton for a late hit, which wasn't a late hit on the quarterback. So the, the drive should have ended for the Raiders. No, they call this penalty, and then the Raiders win the game. As they, you know, they were heavily favored and all that stuff. But the Patriots almost pulled off this amazing upset that we were still upset about that. So when people bring up the tuck, tuck rule, I'm always like, what about Ray Hamilton? <laughs> See, I don't know that one. That was... and, and and no one knows that one. So of course you have to be, you know, you have to be 100 years old. But but the other thing is, you know, when I was a when I was a kid, so the the Patriots are part of the AFL before the leagues merged. Right. And there were all these ridiculous things in the AFL. So there was this guy named Johnny Robinson. He he was a great play. He ended up getting in the Hall of Fame. He's like defensive back. But NFL teams and AFL teams would compete for players. And they would, you know, it was they'd one team that offer more money or whatever. And that so the Eagle, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, they each offered Johnny Robinson a contract out of college. And he signed with both of them. <laughs> And then they'd be like, no, no, you can actually only play for one team. That's how it works. I don't know how he thought he was going to play one game and then maybe get, you know, maybe leave early from the first game and get to the second game. You know, as comics, we double all the time. You know? I, every once in a while, I'll read a story about a guy who has two families or whatever. I'm like, how did you pull that off? Oh, my God. Yeah. It seems yeah, impossible yeah. to even dream no. of such a thing. But for us, think of how much material we'd have. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the tuck rule's iconic for me, too. But I happen to be working at the Pittsburgh Improv, which I don't know if you ever did that club. In the, in the old days, it was in... It's in an upscale mall that used to be a train station. It's got a lot of character. It's a cool place. But anyway, it's maybe it's a funny bone. Anyway, it was across the hall was a bar. And it had, even though it was indoors, it had a big-ass marquee. And my name was on the marquee. And I'm over with the middle act hanging out in uh, in the bar between shows because the playoff game was on. The tuck rule whole thing was sure. happening there. Sure, sure. And there were, there were a couple of girls in the bar who started uh, talking about my name. And how ridiculous it was that a comedian would travel the country with a name like that and didn't change his name for show business. And the middle and I just chimed in. We were like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Why would somebody? <laughs> oh, so she did this not knowing that was you. Yeah. She hadn't okay. seen the show yet. <laughs> and, I, and I went on stage and she was front row center. I was like, aha. You know. <laughs> Well, it's funny. My son and I used to pick, we would pick an NFL NFL player and, and a major league baseball player every year to win the silly, the silly name award. And in the NFL, Mike Heimerdinger would win almost oh. every year. Oh, know? that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But now there's a bunch. Yeah. Aha, uh -huh. Clinton Dix. We had a oh. whole, yeah, yeah, every year. Archivius Mingo. That's a great oh, one. Oh, he was, he was a winner. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Lee always struck me as an interesting name for a grown man playing professional sports. Sure, it's very, sure. very soft name all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right, I got to ask you a few questions. I, indulge me. You're uh, you've you've done all these great things in stand up, and I and in writing in particular. I have a couple of questions. I sure sure one sure. Of, one of my rules in show business is if you hear a complaint or even you know something great about somebody in show business. Just the one time, maybe don't listen to it. But if you hear the same kind of thing over and over and over again, it's probably true. And one of the things you hear all the time is what a great guy Conan O'Brien is. Like, it just it just bleeds out of the world from the nice. So, is, can you confirm? Can you confirm or deny this? Yes. He's no longer writing your checks. You can tell. Yes, that's true. true. That's true. <laughs> uh, no, I think he is a great guy. Here's a here's a really crazy thing. So. Conan and I were from our towns are next to each other and we went to the same Sunday school when we were little kids oh wow that's crazy so I was in his brother Luke's class and he was in my brother's Dan's class so Luke wow. and I would sit there and we we're like nine years old <laughs> and it was Monday afternoons like a nun would teach us the you know and we would he, he and I would be talking about the football games from the day before and it's just so funny, like years, like the fact that we'd still be doing the exact same thing now. <laughs> you know? uh, but, you know, Conan's the funniest guy I know. And he he's incredibly smart. And no, I think he's, you know, I, yeah, I wouldn't have stayed so long if he if he was a bad guy. <laughs> no, I think he's a great guy. Now, how much... Now it's funny you mentioned that. You, I mean, you you even sound like Conan to me, to you know, to a <laughs> passive observer. How much of your backgrounds could, was part of the glue of you guys sticking together all these years? Must well, have been I do part think of it, right? you know he's from he's one of six kids. I'm one of five kids. We're both middle kids in these big Irish Catholic families. Oh wow! And I think that we also, you know. Um, there were some nerds in his family as well. You know, my, my younger brother who my younger brother also went to Harvard. And I think that there was definitely some similarities there. and even, and also I think some of the, sometimes someone would write a really graphic joke and Co and it would be a funny joke, but Colin's like, yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. And I think, yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that either. <laughs> you get these two repressed Irish guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, it wasn't, it wasn't that hard for me to capture his voice or, you know, pretty quickly because I think we had just had such similar backgrounds and things, you know, and we'll right. still text each other about, we were texting yesterday about the pads, like, like, oh my God, what is happening? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. That's great. I love that you still connected to that guy. That's cool. Well, also people would bum out because a lot of times before we start the meeting, you know, he asked me about the Red Sox game the night before. Or the, we were talking about the, so the first five minutes would be Boston sports talk, and <laughs> he and I were the only ones interested, and everyone else would be like, ah, oh, we have to this over with to, to actually go talk about the show. You know? uh, that's great. Uh, so did you, did you ever write jokes that you knew? Like if you wrote it, you're sitting there writing and then you write a joke that he's definitely not going to do. Did you sometimes include it for fun just because you wanted to see it? Yes. Yes. You know, I could, I wish I could think of a good example, but there were some that he would, there was some, you know, sometimes you'd put like a joke that's like, we can't even say this on television. Right. right. <laughs> but yes, there were definitely some jokes in there to, just to make him laugh every once in a while. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> yes. And he also, he, you could put an obscure history joke or something like that. And I'm, I feel bad that I don't have an example in my head at the moment. I know I'll think of like five when it, this ends, but um, you could put something like that. And, and then there were like, he would laugh and he'd go, no one's going to get that. <laughs> you know? right. Or we right. can't do that or whatever. But that, yeah, there was definitely some of that. That's cool. Uh, you just did a dry bar, right? I did. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. How can people find that? Where do they go to find that? Uh, I think they go to drybar.com, right? And um, yeah, that's probably one way to do it. Or Facebook and type in Brian Kiley. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think I think uh, the it's funny the dry bars, but because I I always tried to work TV clean. You know, I, 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 so I wanted to be on Johnny Carson and I didn't get it. I didn't get there, but my whole thing was I wanted to go on the tonight show or go on Letterman and, and that kind of thing. So I always wrote that way for my act. Um, but when you do a dry bar special, it's squeaky clean and it's a, it's a big difference between, you know, so there were jokes where it's like, Oh, you can't say the word sex or whatever. You're actually, yeah. you're asking, you're answering the question I was going to ask you because you are a clean comic. And so it's, I was, I was curious if you still had to carve down some edge or some words. Yes. Yes. I, I couldn't do my sex robot joke. I couldn't do <laughs> some other jokes of mine. That, but, and it's like, you know, even jokes worth, it's like with my wife, it's like, Hey, we're, this is, this is not premarital sex. It's postmarital sex or marital sex, I should say. And <laughs> it's like, guys, we you've got nine children. Like, what's the problem? You know. But um, yeah, so it's very strict in that regard. But the the crowd, those, those are very nice crowds and and fun. It's a fun gig. Yeah, it is. But it's also challenging it, for all of the reasons yeah. that you say. Yes. But and, it's they're, so, and they're in yes. the light, which I found yes, strange. They are. And it's <laughs> it's very rare that I have to go, okay, I got to watch what I say. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Usually I'm doing shows and the other comics are so much filthier than me. There's oh, nothing yeah. I, I have to worry about, you know. <laughs> but I also have this thing of, I can follow the filthiest comic who kills. And then if I go on and I say something slightly risque, the crowd's like, hey, hey, come on, cut it out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> really? Like bachelor parties would be like, oh, this that's uncalled for. And you're like, that other guy was the filthiest guy I've ever seen in my life, you know? <laughs> and he killed. Like, what is yeah. So there's some of that that happens with me. Right. Well, you build in the first few few beats, you build the brand. They want you to be a different. Yes. They yes. Want... And also I look like your dad and it's like, hey, we don't want to hear anything, you know, whatever. Right. They want you to be the Brian Kylie that you you developed at the beginning of this show. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's yeah, that's true. right. Uh, that's so interesting. Ah, uh, it's cool, man. It's funny because I, I've often said to people, that's the challenge of doing dry bar because, and it's also true of ships. You got to be careful when the, on some of the ship shows. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I've, I've literally said the phrase jokes you could do on Conan. You can't even sniff them on the, in these situations. Like absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, you know, the comic on Conan, they were getting on the air. It was almost 1230 at night. Right. So the rules were very different, you know? Yeah. And you guys allowed um, Edge. Edge was okay yeah. as long as it was clean, you know, as long as yes. it was clean-ish. Yes, right. yes, yes. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the dry bar is like, whoa, no, there's no edges at all, you know? Right. And I've and I've worked hard at being clean, too. But I, 
that's not what I usually do. I always had clean and ready to go if I need it. But when I'm doing a, a bar show and doing an hour or sometimes oh, way yeah, more, yeah. it's a totally different gear. And, yeah. and also, even when I'm clean, there's plenty of bite in it. So it's hard to carve the bite down. That was the challenge for me. And in this situation, when I taped Drive Bar recently, I some of my best jokes right now are about divorce and getting divorced and all that all that adult themes, but clean. Yes. But yes. I just like, nah, I just skipped well, that I think, they, I, think they, I think they don't even want that as a topic, right? Didn't they say no divorce jokes or something? Or am I crazy? They, didn't say that, but they did say, if you're going to make fun of your wife, let us know somewhere in the joke that you still like her. <laughs> they literally gotcha. had that in one of the yeah. notes. Like they apparently had some comics coming on doing really mean jokes about their spouse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I have always thought about too, for where it's like, I always put like, I did a show for 200 lunch ladies recently. And <laughs> what? It was just, yes. 200 lunch ladies. And it was really and and my marriage stuff did great, and I thought, you know, and I I was so relieved, you know. But it's also <laughs> the kind of thing of in my my wife's trying to murder me. I'm not trying to murder her, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know I mean? right, right? Which is an important distinction. That's you know? a very big distinction. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so too. So, and I try to make it where I'm the you know I'm the butt of the joke, and you know. That kind of thing, you know. Funny, they, they booked a comic for, for the lunch ladies who doesn't need a hairnet. That's uh, funny, that's <laughs> funny booking. <laughs> they were so relieved. <laughs> All right, there's a question. I, this is a practical question. I don't want to, this is a selfish question for me. I could probably ask you this on the phone, but I screw it. <laughs> I, you, did, you did so many of these like big time tapings, The Tonight Show and Letterman, which, yeah. you know, Letterman was the brass ring at the time that you were doing it. Yes. I mean, it was yeah. the show that everyone wanted to do. How do you keep your head straight when you got those big bright lights and you care about the outcome so much? All right. Well, this is what I'll tell you. This is so I'll tell you my Letterman story. So when I was 25, I auditioned for Letterman and the producer uh, came up to me afterwards. He told me I was very good, whatever. It was very nice. And then they called me to do the show 17 years later. <laughs> what? Yes. 17 years later, I'm 42 years old. I'm sitting at my desk at Conan and they call me, it's like one in the afternoon and they call Eddie Brill calls me and he goes, um, this is a weird question. Can you do the show today? Now, <laughs> as you can imagine, I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was in the running. I don't, I didn't know. And right. I, I, I don't know how many people they call. I never asked them how many people they called before they called me. Probably uh, a few. What happened was it was kind of a fluke. Dave got sick. He, I think he had shingles, as, if, as I recall. So Bruce Willis was supposed to be the first guest, and Bruce Willis got bumped up to, to hosting the show. Wow. So they needed another guest, and I was nearby. I was across town. You know, I was a few blocks away writing for Conan. Oh, so they so said, cool. Yeah. So they said, can you come and do it? And I was like, sure. And I, at that time, I always kept a suit in my office because at Conan, sometimes the guest would cancel and they'd be like, get out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. I always had the five minutes that I was working on and they only, they wouldn't give me a date. They would just say, can you do the show tomorrow? Or we need you today or whatever, that kind of thing. So with, so when the Letterman people called me, I 
said, sure. And I just put my suit on and I went over there and <laughs> I was kind of lucky in the sense I, I almost didn't have time to get nervous. Yeah, you know that's I mean? so it, that's so interesting. And I just thought it's like, okay, just do your best five. This is your chance <laughs> or whatever. So because that happened, then they would call me <laughs> once again, they would start, they would call me when someone canceled on them. So yeah, I was right. with the emergency guy. So it wasn't until I moved to LA, I think it was just the, for the I think just the last time I did the show, they actually had to give me a date because I had to fly <laughs> across country to do the show. But um, so I did, I did Letterman seven times and I did Conan 12 times and all but one of those times that it was like, it was like you're in AAA and they're calling you up to the major leagues. Like it was like an oh, emergency. That's so there. interesting. I had no idea that was the setup. That's so cool. Yeah. That's such a compliment to you because they know you're clean. They know you do one-liners. They know that you've got, you know, a five in your head. That's right. You know, they know you, they know you're a good writer. That's a nice compliment. Well, it is that thing. It, it really was very exciting. And, and it was that thing like you do a, you do a spot and then you'd right away start working on the next one. You know, I can remember, you know, like that night after doing a taping going, okay, what jokes do I have for the next time? Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? What do I have left? Right. <laughs> what do I have right. left? You know? Um, and the, one of the most, one time I go and they go, we don't have any dressing rooms. We don't have a dressing room for you. <laughs> this is at Letterman. I go, they go, you two is on the show and they're taking up all the dressing rooms upstairs. So we're going to put you in the green room. So it's like, okay, so I'm in the green room. And the green room's on the first floor where the where the taping is, but the the you two guys are upstairs. So Jason Siegel's the first guest, and then they um, so like one of the producers or something comes up to me and goes, "Hey, listen, do you mind if the guys from you two uh, hang out in your dressing room while you're on?" So I said, "Listen, you tell those Irish sons of no, no, no." I was like, "Of course." <laughs> So I was like, oh, yeah, of course. So I go out and I do my set and I come up and now they're setting up for you too. So there's like 10 minutes where they have to set up the, you know, for the band. And it's just me and the guys from you two in this dressing room. It's the most surreal experience of my life. Like, so they all introduce themselves. Like Bono introduced himself to me. It's like, you know, I think I know. And then like the edge is like, hi, I'm the edge. Nice to meet you, The Edge. <laughs> and definite article included. In the <laughs> right? I mean, it was, it was so surreal, and it was just the five of us, and we're 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 all dads. We just talked about our kids for like ten minutes, and then they go, "Okay, you're on," and then they went out and did their set. But it was the most insane <laughs> moment I've ever had in my career, you know. That's 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 a great story. I love I love that you were like the go to because I for a while in my life I lived with Caroline Ray and she was one of the go to yes, grabber right. if Conan had a cancellation situation because well, they had be this the crazy call. good. She, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? She's the first call. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, she'd be like whenever I did the show, I was always the second or third guest. I was never the you know what I mean. Oh, I got you. Now, if they yeah. had one of the bigger, right? I got you. But, it, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. you said, with, with Bruce Willis, like everyone moves up a notch. Like, everyone moved up a notch. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so cool. What a great. I I know Eddie. I played in that card game for years and years with those guys. Oh, you so. did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was cool to talk to Eddie about all that 
all that stuff. Wow. Well, his stories so, are unbelievable. Oh my God. You know, he's oh, met man. so many celebrities and all that stuff, you know? And, and some of the, and sometimes the prep to do the set is so intensive. It takes so much work. It's hilarious that you were able to sidestep some of that chaos, you know, yes, I and was, you would and march I these comics all over the city and do like five <laughs> yeah, sets. And that's true. I didn't have this segue and this is not the closer and all this kind yeah. of stuff. I remember one time I had, you know, cause you, you're doing jokes that weren't always next to each other or whatever. And I right. had a really contrived segue to get from one joke to the next. But I had no other way to get there from there to there, you know. So whatever it was, it was just some lame thing. And I'm standing out there and I do this contrived and I could hear Letterman laughing, like mocking me. That's like, what? That's your that's your segue, you know? And I wanted to turn around and go, I know I had no way to get from A to B here. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. But, but just hearing him laughing sarcastically at my segue i almost started laughing and then i had to um yeah that's great that's yeah. great we forget he's a comic he knows all this he's stuff comic and he's like wait a minute what yeah <laughs> all right speaking of contrived segues we we have a few we have a few uh little bits here we do hold on oh It's a little, it's a little, this one's an easy one, but it just, I watched a lot of the game and it just feels like I got to do it. I, I'm giving kudos to the Niners. I love the Niners story. I think that team is great. They've got superstars at all these key positions and they've got this uh, discovered uh, shining diamond they found in the mud with, uh, with the quarterback. And it's awesome. I just think that team's fun. They smashed the Cowboys last night and I, I think they're the class of the NFC right now. I think it's, Niners, Eagles, and then there's a big drop off to whoever I don't know who's third place on that side. Maybe the Lions or something. Right, uh, right. So yeah, they they missed on one of the they spent a lot of capital to get a quarterback that didn't it's work out. Yes, and they they found a kid they barely drafted, and he looks like the answer for a long time. And in, and when that happens in the NFL, you get to spend all your money at the other positions, and you can build a hell of a team. And that's exactly what they've done. So. Kudos to them. I think it's a cool story. Well, you know, that, that I mean, Tom Brady was kind of like that. Right. You know, and then also when he was married to Giselle, like she's worth like a billion dollars or whatever. It's so so crazy he took to a very low salary so they could get Danny Amendola and these other players, you know. Right. So I think, um, you know, Brock Purdy's got a hook up with some kind of a supermodel or whatever and and um he's gonna find some billion i don't know maybe melinda gates or somebody and then uh you know it's they can it's funny to me there's not an ethic for these guys to hold out because they're the ones who are the most underpaid the the diamonds in the rough quarterbacks that are almost free by nfl yes. standards who can run a team for a couple of years for pennies on the dollar what they would be getting in the open market um, but he yeah, seems but happy to be there. Yeah. They're so lucky. They're so happy to have that, you know. Right. Yeah. Because they didn't, they were, they didn't know if it was going to happen either. It's a surprise to yeah. them too. at some level. I'm sure. Well, you hope he does get to the point where he does get that big payday someday. You know what I mean? If he doesn't get hurt and, and then go, well, sorry, you never got, you know. That yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know? Right. 
All right, you got some kudos for us. Last year, remember he got hurt and he couldn't throw the ball. And then they, all the other quarterbacks got hurt. And then he was like, he could throw it like five here. (laughs) It was like, oh, they had no choice but to play him. So sad. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) All right, you got some, uh, you got taps for us, a kudos. What do you you got over there, Brian Kylie? Oh, you know what? I wanted to talk, we, we should talk about Dick Butkus a little bit. I love this. You know, because a real legend and if I don't NFL films, when they would show Butkus highlights, every tackle was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, like, is that right. guy going to get up after that? Like everyone, like it <laughs> wasn't just, Oh no, no. Like each hit I, he, and he was, there's the, all right. So there's two stories I want to there. This one may be an apocryphal story, but I remember hearing the story where it was Christmas time. Butkus has retired by this point. He's like he's like in his fifties or something. Oh, right. And he he it's Christmas time. He comes out of a liquor store. He's kind of have a party or something. He's holding two bags, and somebody holds him up at knife point. Some guy is like, "Give me your money," and he's like, "I I don't think you want to do this. I'm I'm Dick Butkus." <laughs> He says, who he, say, goes, he says who he is. He says who he is. And the guy goes, yeah, and I'm Gail Sayers. Ah. So Butkus <laughs> pulls the thing down, takes the knife away, but, you know, manhandles the guy. And he brings him to the police station. And he walks in the police station. And all the Chicago cops are like, it's Dick Butkus. You know, he's like, See, I, I tried to tell you. Ah, it's great. But yeah, there was another one when he was... When he was retired, he's he's at a game, and he's hasn't been playing for fifteen or twenty years at this point. And they're like the sideline reporter is talking to him, and she says, "What what is it that you miss?" And I think they thought he was going to say that you know the camaraderie, or I'll miss my teammates, or I miss the excitement. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And he just very quietly says, "I miss the violence." <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, okay, back to you. And they go back to the and it was such a great moment of just just him softly saying how he misses the violence. Oh, that's great. That's beautifully yeah. told too. He's just softly. <laughs> I miss the violence. That's great. Wistfully, you know. <laughs> yeah, Butkus was a monster. And he he had one of those moments, it looks like, where he had an offer from the AFL and the NFL. And he took less money for the NFL because it was the home team and it was Hallis. And oh, was that right? Yeah, and, and apparently he never, never snipped the playoffs. Never it was like was on team. Right, right, right. Crazy. And also, he and Gail Sayers were drafted the same year. Wow. I I, I think they said that. I think I heard that yesterday. I had never heard that before. And I, I think how, the how was that team not good? <laughs> I know. It's like, I think, yes. In fact, the guy said it during the game last night because Butkus had passed away. So he was talking about Butkus and he said that him and Sayers were the same draft. And you're like, oh my God. And then they were never good, never made the playoffs, made no sense. But the Bears also, the Bears haven't had, like, if you go back the last 50 years, every team's had a Hall of Fame quarterback or whatever. The Bears Mm. have not had one apparently since Sid Luckman, 
who played oh, in like wow. the forties. Only vaguely familiar. Yeah. Right. Yes, absolutely. It's like I, you know, it's like you only see the grainy footage of Sid Leckman throwing the ball or whatever. <laughs> and it's like that far back. Not since World War II, you know? Oh, my I, God. I know. I had somebody challenge me. They were, they go, Bears haven't had a quarterback ever. And I was like, wait, what about? And I started listing guys. And the, but the list is pretty ego. <laughs> yeah. What I mean, about like, Jay Cutler? Yeah, yeah. yeah but Grossman. not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure, of course. No, you know? And if you, look at the, if you look at the Packers, well, they had Aaron Rodgers would be a Hall of Famer. Oh and yeah, Barb was a Hall of Famer, and Brett's uh, Bart Starr was a Hall of Famer. Do you know what I mean? So I that's know, it's crazy. Crazy. And, and the kid now looks good. You know, so uh, if yeah. they get another good quarterback, it just doesn't seem fair. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Unbelievable. And yeah, and, and most teams, it's hard to find a team that doesn't have one in their last forty years, or whatever. Right. Except the Bears. Except the Bears. I know. Even the Falcons have two great quarterbacks in the last couple yeah. of decades. You know, yeah. they had Vic and Matt Ryan. And- yeah, absolutely. Boston University, uh, by the way, Matt Ryan. Uh, Boston College. Boston, ah, sorry, 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 sorry. That's okay. Uh, that's that's uh, that was my uh, that's my alma mater. I was actually there oh. when Flutie. I was there when Flutie was there. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait! Can I ask you what year were you there? I graduated in '83. So Flutie graduated in '85. Okay. Yeah. And I, I used to work in the, I used to work in the weight room there when I was in school. Wow. Um, yeah. For a brief second, for about two months, I lived in Brighton on the Green nice. Line. That's and where my uh, my dad grew up in Brighton. Yeah, that was the summer of '93, so it was about a decade later. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. I was just I just finished grad school. I wasn't sure what was next. I wanted to be a comic, but it didn't seem possible. And floating around dane cook was sure. killing it in the oh my club. god yeah. <laughs> you know, so when i was 25 i joined a football team because i was when i was a kid i was small and my parents wouldn't let me play but when i was 25 i joined a team on the in the eastern football league huh. uh called called the charlestown townies so charlestown mass charlestown's part of boston and if you see the movie the town with um ben affleck Oh, it's it's about Charlestown. And oh, okay, yeah, I have seen that. Yes, and Charlestown, they said in the movie, it has the highest percentage of bank robberies in the country. Is in Charlestown, <laughs> and our coach is is now in prison in for murder. Oh, wow! But he had been in prison pre when I, before he coached us. He had been in prison for armed robbery, <laughs> and you know. I grew up in the suburbs, so I'm playing on this team. It's like, oh my god, this is like insane. <laughs> and we had one kid on the team who, when he was 16, he was stealing someone's car, and he got shot with a 22 in the in the back. Mm-hmm. And the bullet was lodged so precariously that they couldn't remove it because it was close to his spine, and they couldn't, you know, go in there. So, and now he's like this 300 pound lineman, and we're and there'd be times where he'd come out of the game and he'd go. Oh, my back's bothering me. And it's like, his bullet is acting up, you know? I mean, their stories, I was like, oh, my God. Like, like, what was I going to tell about some snowball fights that we had in my neighborhood? You know what I mean? Like, it was like, oh, my God. It was just... 
Yeah, that that's insane. a different world. That's hilarious yeah. that you did that. That's, that's so off yeah. brand based on what I and know. And they were about really, it. you know, they were good guys. Oh my god! But it was like it was very eye opening for me of like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> All right, we got a couple more quick segments for you. Hold on. Sure, sure. It's time for which comes first. Oh, yes, it's time for which comes first. Now tell me, will this happen before that happens? Oh, I love it. It's time for idea. which comes first. <laughs> All right, Brian Colley, which comes first? A Patriots playoff win or peace in the Middle East? Kidding, kidding. Uh, or new, co- or new coach. That's the actual question I have. Which comes first? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't like this. This anti, like, I don't like. I mean, I get it when the rest of the country hates Belichick, but I, when people in New England now, I hear grumblings about him, and it's like, you know what? He <laughs> gave us so much joy. And yeah, whatever, years, always. Uh, so it's like no, like I, I want him out, out there, even when he's just a skeleton, you know. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna hope in a in a couple. It's it'll take a couple years, but I hope in a couple years he turns it around and and we do win a playoff game. How about that? Yeah, that maybe, sounds right. Maybe with the help of us, the snowplow guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just that, you know, that's another thing that was a real advantage for the Patriots for that that era, that 15-ish years. The other three teams in the division were so fucking terrible. Oh my God. <laughs> and yeah. now they're all they're all at least set up to be good for a little yes, while. The Jets, you know? the Jets have a very good defense. Um, and, and then the bills and the dolphins are both, you know, the dolphins scored 70 points two weeks ago. I mean, what? Um, yeah. Just so a record for the, for the greatest show on turf for the most yards in the first five games of a season. How about that? Oh, is, is that right? Yeah. Wow. That's an interesting stat, right? The, the Kurt Warner era Rams. Yes. Yeah. There was a game one time with the, with the greatest show on turf. And I, I can't remember whether it was Tory Holt or Azakim. They showed in warm-up, Warner throws a pass, and the guy catches the ball, like backhands it, whereas catches the point of the ball. And it's like, wait, you can catch a football like that? Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, what? I remember um, that name. And that was the third best receiver. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that, guy, that guy made some uh, – he was on some fantasy teams here and there. I remember that name. All right, one yeah. last segment here. We're, we're kind of running out of time. I asked you all the other questions. All right, earlier. all right, kids. Put your thinking caps on. It's quiz time. Now, we don't expect you to know anything, but just a quick question. I was just curious, and so I looked it up. Where did Steve Grogan play his college football? <laughs> uh, I believe he went to Kansas. Yes, Kansas State Wildcats is correct. Nice. I can't believe yes, you know yes. that. <laughs> I met Steve Grogan, and he was at a show I did once. And here's the thing: I used to do this. Show. It's hard. For, it's hard for people to remember because the Pats were bad for a long time. So, and the and the Red Sox. What the Red Sox would do is the Red Sox would almost win. They'd almost win the World Series, or they'd almost, you know what I mean? And they had, I mean, they were one strike away 
in 1986. Which is worse, the, the eternal question. Yeah. yeah, right. Yes. And I used to have this joke about how the Red Sox would break your heart because they would get so close and they would blow it at the last moment and how the Patriots had the decency to suck right away. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and it used to be great. And I did it one night when Grogan was there in the audience. And I felt... <laughs> I, I had that dilemma as a comic of like, don't do that joke. But at the oh. same time, you go, I need that laugh. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And you, it's a comic. You, someone's like, you don't want to give up a, a big laugh in your set, especially when you need it, you know? <laughs> so I did that joke and then I met him afterwards and he signed an autograph for me. And I was so like, do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I told, uh, I did radio with Matt Stafford and we, we, he went to Georgia much why I went to Georgia. And so we com commiserate a little bit about Athens and whatever. <clears throat> I told him a couple of the jokes I was doing about the lions at the time. Now, fortunately, some of them were positive. They had just won five. They opened by winning five games. I said, the lions haven't had a record this good since the Christians. And, nice. you know, That's so, great. So, great yes. Yeah. So at least, you know, a couple of them were positive, yes. but it's so hard uh, to find a positive joke. Oh my god! Yeah, you know. very, very difficult. That's not how jokes work. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes it gets hired for something like we want positive comedy, and it's like, yeah, that's not a thing. That's not yeah. how comedy works. <laughs> no, no, comedy's about knocking somebody down a peg. It's not. It's you know, it's your mama's so fat. It's not your mama's so beautiful or whatever. Yeah. It might. I. I got one quick note. You'll be one of the only humans who will really care about this. When I was in graduate school, I studied the influence of political satire and her feelings about government, and I studied and coded Jay Leno monologues about the election cycle. Wow. And I, I forget the number, but it was, I don't know, a thousand jokes. Wow. And a giant percentage of those have negative messages. A handful were, were uh, neutral. I found one positive message in a political joke that he did in that cycle. And it was something about it was yeah it was something about uh, Jimmy Carter being smart or kind or something it was like some crazy outlier joke right <laughs> yes that's not how jokes work that's yeah. not how jokes work jokes yeah. and, and and I get the same thing because I'm I'm the I'm the football joke guy now to some people and they're like how come you don't do any jokes about you know about the Eagles or whatever? like the Eagles are good that's why. <laughs> That's why, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Very hard to write a joke about a good team. That's true. Writing, writing Falcons jokes. Oh, that's that's yeah. how I make my money. That's where the yes, money is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> where do people find you, Brian Kylie? If they're looking to follow you, you're a great follow on Twitter. I can, I can, I can attend to that. Oh well, that. thank you. Yes, yeah, so uh, you can um, at, Ky at, at Twitter. I'm at Kylie Noodles, which is what Conan used to call me, Noodles, um, and then. Uh, you can go to my uh, website. It's just briankiley.com and has my, you know, upcoming gigs and stuff. And I'm at um, Kylie Brian, Brian comic on Instagram. Okay, cool. Very nice. Yeah. Thanks for doing yeah. this, man. You've, I, I, you know, I love talking to football so much. Oh my God. Ah, it's great. And thanks for indulging me with the comedy questions too. I appreciate it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love talking comedy too. So yeah. Anytime, buddy. <laughs> awesome. My gigs are at Kostaki.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll get back in your holes in a week or so. Enjoy the football in the meantime. <laughs>